Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? It is Tuesday, March 16th, 2010, and this is episode number 54 of Timberwolves Explosion, which is available on the sportsstuff.com, the flagship website for Timberwolves Explosion, and it is also available on iTunes, and we also post it on timberwolvespress.com. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It means a lot to me. Great to have you on board once again, all you loyal listeners. Is there, well, (laughs) there aren't many of us right now because the fan base has all but completely disappeared with this club. And uh, those of you that are listening, I thank you so very much. You are so loyal, and uh, your loyalty will pay off because (laughs) when this show gets bigger, when this team eventually gets more popular and the fan base comes out of the doldrums, (laughs) comes out of... Hibernation, this show is going to get a lot bigger. <laughs> it's going to get a lot bigger. I can feel it. And, uh, you guys will be the, you guys will be the star listeners. You'll be the stars. <laughs> so thank you for being a part of things. I appreciate it very much. All right. Well, the show today. Yes, we have three games to review. Once again, all losses. Oh, come on, man. So, uh, what did you expect? That's the question. What did you expect? Um, the way this team is playing right now? There's a lot more to talk about than just the games themselves. There is a lot more to talk about, lots of background info, lots of... uh, I'm sensing some stuff right now with this team. The quotes that I'm going to read today, the comments, uh, I'm going to give my opinions on them. And, uh, well, a lot of people are going to be a part of the show today because, well, Timberwolves Explosion now has a group on Facebook. That's right, Timberwolves Explosion has a group on Facebook. Simply type in Timberwolves Explosion or... Timberwolves Explosion and Minnesota Timberwolves. Type that in. That might be a quicker way to for sure get the group. Please do join the Facebook group for Timberwolves Explosion. would be appreciated very much. And, of course, on the wall, there is a section where you can comment, and I will read your comments on the air. Unless, for whatever reason, you don't want them read on air, just let me know. And, of course, do get do uh, follow the Twitter. Twitter.com forward slash Wolves Explosion. It's not Timberwolves Explosion, just Wolves Explosion fits. So, yeah, enough of that. But yeah, as I mentioned, a lot of stuff going on, and of course the sportsstuff.com message boards as well, people commenting on there, as I kind of went off a little bit earlier this week, not harshly, more or less information, the explosion of information, that's why we call it Timberwolves Explosion, explosion of information, and yes, some explosions of emotion as well, Uh, we'd like them to be more happy emotions, like when Johnny Flynn was drafted, that was fun. At the time, now, well, we're going to get into a lot of that information about the point guards across the league and such. There's a little frustration going on with your host right now, Paladino Joey, Joey Wygen, whatever you want to call me. Uh, of course, that's my screen name on the sportsstuff.com message board, so we'll get to that later. We'd like you to become a member of that, by the way. It's free, <laughs> as expected. But, yeah, I put a uh, message on there, or put a, uh opinionated thought up there, and I got a lot of responses. Uh, Aussie Wolf, or Aussie Wolves, she's how he calls himself on the sportsstuff.com, also known as Nigel Southern. Appreciate him very much. He even wrote an article on TimberwolvesPress.com a while back. It was fantastic about Ricky Rubio. Um, I also had a response from NY Buddha uh, and, and Mavs fan and Rusty. Very, very cool Mavs fan, of course, is Darren. Um, we much appreciated to have you guys on here. You're all going to be a part of things here, your comments. Uh, it's a, yeah. This thing's a mess, so I'm not going to really get hard, heavily into the game reviews today. Maybe a few quotes and a few numbers, but I'm not going to really do that. I'm also going to kind of try to cut down on some of the box score stuff. I kind of been there are times I kind of get too too much into the box scores, and I got to stop doing that. Um, yeah, you want numbers at times, especially numbers that really stick out, and it's like what the hell. But more or less, <laughs> more or less, it's more about information than just numbers all the time. Uh, though there will be numbers when I start talking about the point guards. So, yeah, we're going to get into that as well. Of course, the three losses is mentioned very briefly with that, a few quotes. Then we're also going to talk about, we're going to compare the other point guards to Johnny Flynn. Yeah, the other point guards. Yeah, Ty Lawson. Well, let's go in order here. <laughs> Tyreek Evans is a semi-point guard. I don't think he's a point guard, but he kind of is, I guess. I get kind of frustrated when people call him, I don't know, whatever. He's like a point shooting guard. Though he's like six foot six and he plays a lot more like a Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I just said that name, didn't I? 
yeah, he looked a lot like him <laughs> the other night. But yeah, he, he plays a lot more like a Kobe Bryant than like, uh, say, like a Chris Paul, let's just say. Very high-end comparisons there, being how talented this Tyreek Evans is and how oh so close he was to being a Timberwolf. Wolves didn't make a mistake there. <laughs> they were going to take him. It's just, unfortunately, as Marcus the Forecaster said, the Kings screwed, uh, screwed us in the draft and took him first. <laughs> they took him and left us with Rubio, who, yeah, a lot of us thought he was going to go to the Kings or the... Uh, Thunder, or no, 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 not the Thunder, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, but that didn't happen, whatever, kind of sidetracking a little bit, but yeah, I'm going to compare him to Tyreek Evans, I guess, but more or less, we're going to compare him to uh, Stephen Curry, <laughs> Brandon Jennings, Ty Lawson, oh, and Darren Collison, who at one point was projected to go 28th to the Timberwolves, now we didn't get screwed in the 28th pick, we still got Wayne Ellington, who, yeah, Aussie Wolf, Nigel Southern <laughs> mentions would like to be starting. We're going to get to that as well. Uh, yeah, Wayne Ellington was a very nice choice with the 28th pick. Very, very well done by David Kahn there. But yeah, the point guards, they will, let's just say uh, they've uh, <laughs> they caught up to Johnny Flynn, let's just say, because he was taken ahead of them and passed him. At least right now. There's a lot of possible reasons as to why. Uh, we'll get into that a little more. Also, I'd like to see more and more comments from you listeners later on on the message boards on the facebook group and on the uh phone lines as well we'll get to that as well in a minute (sighs) yeah there's a lot to cover today uh i do sense some tension in the organization between the coaches and the players uh i do sense it and you can kind of read between the lines as i'm going to get to some of that through in a bit oh and darko milicic is going to stay in europe yeah darko milicic is going to stay in europe very frustrating indeed. I've uh, pretty much uh, any emotions that I had invested in him are gone. I'm I'm done. I'm disappointed. Uh, whatever. I don't even want him on the court anymore. If he's going to talk about leaving, then just don't play. And I guess that's why the Knicks benched him. Hell with him, you know. Hell with him. If he's talented, that's great. But he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be in the United States. So so hell with him. I'm done. I'll get into that too in a little bit. Though some of some of what he said, I kind of agree with some of it. I'll admit, but the attitude sucks. It sucks. So we'll get back to that in a sec. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to cover today. I may have mentioned that. Okay, we'll get to the game reviews right now, very briefly, and then we'll take a break and get into the high tech stuff. I guess you can call it Wednesday, March 10th. The Timberwolves. This was by far the most entertaining of the losses. Yeah, by far the most entertaining of the losses, and the best team of the group too, the Denver Nuggets come to NBA, come to NBA, <laughs> I kind of did that wrong, come to the Target Center where old NBA Jam, that's what I was kind of getting to, old NBA Jam, Carmelo Anthony was, well, yeah, that's a, yep, <laughs> he was, he was his, he was his old self against the Wolves, wasn't really his greatest game of all time, but hey, Carmelo Anthony is always on fire when he plays the Timberwolves, that's why I call him old NBA Jam, because he is NBA Jam, he just is. That's all there is to it. <laughs> well, actually, he wasn't too on fire, but he made the shots he had to make. That's about the. That's about where it boils down to. Chauncey Billups was amazing, and I mean, just he was amazing, like he always is. He's my favorite point guard in the league, no bar none. I love Chauncey Billups, but me to to me, really, the frustrations were a couple of uh, a couple of the role players on this team, Chris Anderson, of course, the Birdman, and Anthony Carter. Made the Wolves look pretty bad on multiple occasions in this game. Uh, Anthony Carter on the on the scores he had in this game, he just got he just walked right through our defense, just like whatever went right through him like they weren't even there. Very very embarrassing. It's not like he was wide open or anything. The Wolves were on him, but he got right around him like nothing. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? It's it's ridiculous. And Birdman schooled Kevin Love. Yeah, the Birdman schooled Kevin Love. Now, he's a nice defensive player, a very gritty rebounder, and actually, you know what, folks? I love him. I love the Birdman. I even like Anthony Carter. He's a gutty guy, former Timberwolves third string slash backup point guard, even spot starter <laughs> for a while during that awful uh, season where Spreewell and Cassell and Hudson and all those jackasses kind of took our team and buried it a year after a conference finals run. Um, that was BS. <laughs> but, no, I Anderson, uh, to school Kevin Love as, as badly as he did on multiple occasions, it was ridiculous. The guy's not known for offense, yet 
Well, he looked pretty offensive-minded in this game. <laughs> he had a double-double, folks. Double-double for Chris Anderson. It's ridiculous, man. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Kevin Love. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to get this uh, quote that uh, a couple of players are missing, too, when uh, Kurt Rambis, this is, a little, uh, this is a little teaser for later on, when Kurt Rambis mentioned certain players uh, really give it their all every night. A couple of players that uh, were missing, a couple of very important players were missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one including the starting center in this game, Darko Milicic. Imagine that, right? There, that's a hint. <laughs> yeah, whatever. If Darko Milicic has heart, I'm, I'm not seeing it. Um, yeah, he has talent, but if his heart is not in the United States, so the hell with him. Uh, Corey Brewer and Carmelo Anthony, though, i got to say Corey Brewer did a good job on Anthony when he was on him, as did Ryan Gromes. But uh, Kevin Love was even on Carmelo Anthony. We're going to get into that, too, in a little bit. I continue to tease to that. Uh, a little, yeah, people are a little miffed in the organization right now. The players are miffed with, the, with some of the coaches. Or some of the players are miffed with the coaches, and some of the coaches are miffed with the players. It's uh, That's why you're starting to see some ugliness really start to kick in here, other than this game. This is a fairly entertaining game. Denver kicked our butts in the third quarter. Imagine that. But the Wolves had a nice fourth quarter. Because they always do. Granted, in this one, they only lost by one point in the fourth quarter. 31-30. to 30, So it actually was a pretty good fourth quarter. But it's that third quarter is uh, death. It has always been death for the Wolves. So, let's just move on. I'm not going to even... Uh, I'm going to save the quotes for later. Because uh, really the important ones are part of the... Uh, part of what I'm going to get to later on. Oof. So let's just move on very quickly here. Because there's too much to cover for me to just sit on games... So Friday, March 12th, the Timberwolves play the, the Phoenix uh, Phoenix Suns. The San Antonio Spurs, the game sucked. The Wolves didn't do jack squat in this game. Um, it was actually fairly close for a little while, fairly close. Wolves trailed by eight points at the half and scored 15 points against a fairly weak offensive team right now in San Antonio. They really didn't look all that great. Richard Jefferson and, and, George, and George Hill actually were the two best players for the San Antonio Spurs in this game. Yeah, Richard Jefferson and George Hill were the two best players for the San Antonio Spurs. Seriously, uh. it's it's, um, it's just mind-boggling. That's that's when you know you're not a good team when you're getting uh, beat by role players on a consistent basis. You're getting beat by role players on a consistent basis. Yeah, that's where my frustration comes in a little bit. Oh, and the three-point shooting for San Antonio, not so great. Their their offense really isn't that good, but their overall game is, or at least this game was good. A lot of people pretty much lost interest. This was another iPod game, kind of fun to watch it on the iPod on the living room floor. Kind of cool with my buddy Paul Tuniver's Caniff while listening to Thriller. That was kind of cool. We got a Thriller record that night. <laughs> yeah, we found a nice condition a record, uh, original edition, by the way, too. Very cool, very cool stuff. Nice to listen to that. It sounded pretty in-depth. So that's a little side story for some of you out there. Wayne, Ell- Wayne Ellington was the best player, bar none, in this game. Best player for the Wolves. Played at 30 and at 30, well, 31 minutes in this game. Was excellent. Uh, Nathan Jawai was noticeably in the game. And uh, Darko, well, he played in this one. Did not play in the next. Darko played well. But again, I'm just I'm not invested in Darko at all anymore. I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done talking about him. I hope he never plays again for the Wolves. I'm... When I got when a player doesn't want to play play for you, you forget it. I'm just done. Uh, Ramon Sessions continuing to play solid. Johnny Flynn continuing to stink. Plain and simple. Johnny Flynn unimpressed, very unimpressive in this game, from start to finish. Ramon Sessions actually was pretty solid. So yeah, you're listening to me talking well about Ramon Sessions on a consistent basis lately. Yeah. And a lot of people are talking about he should be the starting point guard. You know what, folks? Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm neutral. <laughs> neutral on this subject. Can you believe I'm actually giving in a little bit? Yeah, I bet I've much I've uh, been pro-Flynn and anti-Sessions this year when I get kind of frustrated that Sessions might be playing so much. I'm neutral on the subject. That's a, that's where that's when my frustration is starting to get to Johnny Flynn a little bit. It's it's getting to that point. So we'll just move on. The Wolves, as Kurt Rambis said, they laid an egg in the second half, and it's just like whatever. 
Came out at halftime, laid an egg. Al Jefferson, though, this is what I like about Al Jefferson. This is why I like him a lot, actually. Listen to what Al Jefferson said. Could you ever hear Kevin Garnett say this? Now, this Kevin Garnett would never make this comment. I've been inconsistent, up and down, up and down, one good game here, struggle here. I haven't had those few weeks of playing quality basketball. So that's probably been a frustration just for me. It's something I pride myself on. It's, it's just consistency. Kevin Garnett would never say that. So I'm going to rest with that right there. He would never say that. I dare you listeners to come out and tell me he would, because he wouldn't. Kevin Garnett was a, was a pretty prideful guy that wouldn't come out and uh, say something like that. And th- that's not a lack of confidence at all. That's just honesty. I, th- I You know, I really do like Al Jefferson. <laughs> I, I like him. He's not the best player of all time. He's He's very good. But I, I like I like his honesty. I like his, you know, th- that's more professional to me. It is. So I'm going to end with that right there. That was, uh, that's what I like about Al Jefferson. The guy is just, he's just more honest. Would Kevin Garnett ever say, I don't deserve the, uh, the maximum salary right now, the maximum available salary? Hell no. He demanded the maximum salary. As did his, his uh, corrupt as all get out agent, <laughs> Eric Fleischer. Yeah, that's a little side note right there. I just, I, I had to get to that. Kevin Garnett did not deserve the maximum contract in, in 1997, by the way. No, he didn't. He averaged, uh, what was it, 17 points and 8 rebounds? No, that's not maximum salary. Al Jefferson averaged 17 points and 11 rebounds when he was contract eligible. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no, his defense was not as good as Kevin Garnett's. Not even close. But still, maximum salary, no. <laughs> At the time, maybe Shaquille O'Neal and Michael Jordan. That was it. That's the only guys that deserved maximum salary at that point in time. So I was a little frustrated, and I know it's an investment, and it was all about investment, but still, yeah. Okay, I'll chill out and move on to the game of the week. Yeah, the game of the week on the negative side. (laughs) And I love these stats right here. I love these stats. Yeah, the Wolves lost 114-11. to Yeah, but they were losing by 30 like the entire game. They did pretty good in the first quarter. It was competitive like it always is. Late in the first quarter, Kings slowly started to make a move. Tyreek Evans got more and more dominant. The Kings continued to hit three-pointers. Imagine that. The Wolves actually hit threes in this game as well, though. Nine of 15. Good for 60%. Very impressed with that. Um, Well, actually, no, it wasn't the Kings' three-pointers. It was more or less how they were getting around people nonstop. Every time a ball was in the air, you know, there was a pass made. A guy was wide open and dunking or getting a layup pretty much this entire game. Just total crap. Total crap. Only thing I note is Al Jefferson played very well, and, Al, and as did Wayne Ellington, who was 4 of 5 in three-point range in this game. Just uh, Wayne Ellington continues to impress me, and he continues to get minutes, too. He's actually been getting more minutes than uh, Corey Brewer, and Ramon Sessions got more minutes than Johnny Flynn. Yeah, rest my case there. Pavlovich got in the game. What a joke. Darko Milicic is sick, yeah, conveniently sick now and not playing, and good old Ryan Hollins is back at the starting center position. That's another little topic that uh, Nigel, we get to, we'll get to that in a minute in his uh, mini rant. Ryan Hollins does have a comment or quote here. I don't think we let Evans have anything. He just took it. <laughs> he got to the hole and started hitting jump shots. When he started hitting jump shots, that was pretty much the end of things. Well, they sort of let him through, but the guy was, uh, yeah, no, Tyreek Evans is so flipping good. He is so good, I can't even believe it. Um, and a guy who reminds me of Tyreek Evans a little bit is Evan Turner. Evan Turner. Yeah, we'll get to that topic on the next show. This is too much uh, current Timberwolves time, not future Timberwolves. I got into Evan Turner quite a bit on the previous show. Kurt Rambis' comment is, he's talking about his players, of course. What they have to understand is that a lot has to come from within. There is no rule or law <laughs> that you have a night to be given anything in this league. No one is going to hand you wins. That was kind of a little bit of a weird quote, but, yeah. Well, yeah, of course no one's going to hand you wins, so we'll just leave that as is. Uh, but here are the stats of the night, though, that i got to get to. Got to get to. Now, of course, the second quarter was a drubbing. The Wolves got spanked in the second quarter and were trailing by 15 at the half. Well, Whatever. Sacramento is not going to be a good matchup for the Wolves, and uh, I'm a little concerned about that, even though their record is 
They're only 23 and 44. They've really fallen off the face of the earth. Um, but they've destroyed the Wolves pretty much every time we played them this year. Other than that little home game, we actually won't beat them once. But look at this third quarter, folks. Third quarter has been a world of ruin for the Timberwolves. World of ruin. That's the title of this show today, folks. The world of ruin. That's what it's been for the Timberwolves. <sighs> yep, 30-12 to 12 in that third quarter. Oh, yeah, that was when the Wolves were trailing by 30-plus points, 90-60 to 60 type scores. Just, mm. Well, how about this fourth quarter? The Wolves' best quarter this season has been the fourth quarter. And I just love when the announcers tell us that. The Wolves have had excellent stats in the fourth quarter. It's been their best because they were losing by 30 points. That's why, genius. 39-20, to 20, the Wolves win the fourth quarter. Oh, they won that fourth quarter. And a uh, little cute comments by Al Jefferson. I'll get to that in the next uh, segment. Ugh. Ugh. Something about how they didn't give up. Well, it's nice to play hard and everything, but it's not like... Oh, boy. I, well, I mean, that is the worst thing ever when they get come out to these moral victories because they got within 14 points against a 23-44 and 44 team. You got destroyed in the third quarter. I uh, destroyed in the second quarter. Hmm. Yeah, that renders me a little speechless as well. Okay, I'll calm down. I'm not too. I'm. I'm not as mad as last week. It's just still some of the stuff I'm seeing. It's a little alarming. So, gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back in a second. <laughs> And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 54, which is a reminder for iPod users, Microsoft Zoom, and other MP3 players. Welcome back to the show. Thank you again. All right, well, we're going to start off with the point guard comparisons. Point guard comparisons. Well, so of course you start off with Johnny Flynn, who was taken sixth overall. That's right, sixth overall. Well, he's averaging about 13.5 points, 4.3 assists. Yeah, not all so great. His minutes continue to drop a little bit. He's averaging about 29 minutes a game this year. In February, he was averaging only 12 points a game, about five assists. All assists were up. Now they're back down to four a game here in March. 12.5 points. Field goal percentage has been right about 40 most of the year. Right about 40. Nothing great, really, at all. He's made all his free throws this month, which is nice. But, uh... Turnovers have really surged up again, up to 3.7 a game. That's actually a season high so far. When you look at a season splits for the month, uh, by month, that is. Not much not to really get all excited about right now regarding Johnny Flynn. Um, he looks lost in the offense. The offense doesn't really fit what a dynamic point guard needs. We're going to get into that again with Nan. My booty talks about that. A typical New York point guard and Johnny Flynn, a guy who likes to be more dynamic up and down the floor, pick and roll, blow by people and all that good stuff, whereas the structured triangle offense doesn't seem to support Johnny Flynn. And his numbers are lower than everybody's, man. They're lower than everybody's so far this year. So now we get to Stephen Curry, who has absolutely become a rookie of the year candidate. I mean, absolutely has become a rookie of the year candidate this season because, <laughs> well, right now he's averaging 16 points, 16 and a half points, five and a half assists, and four rebounds a game this season. But, uh, yeah, he was averaging about 15 points and five assists before the All-Star game. After the All-Star game, it's been about 15 games now, about 22 points and seven and a half assists. The guy has just been taking over, absolutely taking over. He's shooting about 50% from three-point range, and he attempts his threes. It's not like he attempts to do a game or something. He's aver- he's attempting seven threes a game, and he's making half of them. It's ridiculous. Field goal percentage is 46%. The guy is just dominating. Yeah, he turns the ball over, but he also gets steals. Makes up for it. Johnny Flynn's not even averaging a steal a game. Stephen Curry is just having an unbelievable season. The last two months, he's averaged about 22 points a game. The guy is uh, really starting to get better. And, of course, yes, it's a more wide-open offense. I'm sure Johnny Flynn's numbers would be better in it, but still, the guy is, uh, he's hitting his shots. Johnny Flynn has become a nice, a nice three-point shooter, about 35%, 
Nothing spectacular, but yeah, 35% is okay. Uh, Stephen Curry, though, noticeably ahead in the progress, in progress right now over, uh, Johnny Flynn. There's one right there. Another guy, well, he's still, he's barely ahead of Johnny Flynn. <laughs> Brandon Jennings, but, uh, at the same time, month by month, he has declined most of the year. Not quite as on fire as he was <laughs> earlier in the season. Looked like, well, Gilbert Arenas on paper anyway. He's still averaging, though, for the year, about 16 points a game and six assists. Those are obviously significantly higher than Johnny Flynn. Um, he's actually having a slightly better month of March than he had been having. He started out the year, yeah, 52% in October, 41, for 42% in November. But it's, it's, he's still averaging 22 points a game at, in, in November. December, he declined down to about 17 points a game. 37% shooting, and then all of a sudden in January and February, he shot about 31% in those two months and averaged about roughly 12 points a game. His assists stayed high and his turnovers stayed low, though, still averaging around uh, six and a half, half assists, six and a four, six and a quarter assists a game or whatever, and he gets steals, about one and a half a game. The guy still, <laughs> at very least on paper, but also you can see more leadership from Brandon Jennings than you're seeing from Johnny Flynn. I mean, the guy, he, he's the leader of the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Bucks are, are, a post, are a postseason team right now. Yeah, Eastern Conference, I get that. But still, they're the fifth seed right now. Who would have thought the Milwaukee Bucks would be a fifth seed? The Bucks were as bad as the Wolves last year, too, I might add. I just might add that. And Andrew Bogut isn't really supposed to be in much better than Flynn or, Je- or excuse me, Lover Jefferson. So what does that tell you? It just tells you... The pieces are more in place in Milwaukee than they are in Minnesota. They, they just are, for whatever reason. Um, as mentioned, his field goal percentage is up about 8%, about 38%. And he's averaging 13 points a game and still at that 6.3 assists. And his 1.5 steals, just very consistent in the category. He's been good from 3 all year, about 35%. That's about Johnny Flynn's level. And I'll also add every single one of the point cards so far is in the mid to upper 80s in free throw percentage, so all of them are making their free throws, which is just paramount for a point guard in the NBA. Um, but, yeah, I still would say John, uh, Brandon Jennings is ahead of Johnny Flynn, despite the fact he declined significantly from uh, earlier in the year. He's Yeah, absolutely, he's a better point guard, at least at this point. And uh, not like Johnny Flynn's field goal percentage is much higher than Brandon Jennings either, despite the fact Jennings got really, he really hit a rookie wall for a while. But it looks like he's starting to come out of it, and the Bucks are starting to win games that some of us may have not expected them to do so. Yeah, Brandon Jennings still a step ahead of Johnny Flynn, much to my chagrin. So now we go to Ty Lawson. Hasn't really uh, been a starter because of, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a problem with uh, Chauncey Billups in the way. And, of course, uh, also Ty Lawson's been hurt since early in the month, March 5th. Ty Lawson has not been able to uh, not been able to play since March fifth, but still he's having a pretty good year as well on paper, <laughs> on paper at very least. But no, it's more than on paper. He's more fluent in the offense than Johnny Flynn is with ours. It's just you look at this, man. It's just it's so frustrating. So he was the 18th pick. Jennings was the uh, the 10th pick. Stephen Curry was the seventh pick to the Golden State Warriors. Now, Lawson's numbers, he did get to start a few games this year. Well, guess what? Better than Johnny Flynn. He started eight games this year when Billups was out. 17.6 assists a game. Turnovers are lower than Flynn. Steals about the same. Uh, God, he ever, his shot. I mean, this guy makes, this guy, <laughs> field goal percentage 57%, about 40 from three-point range. It's ridiculous. The guy is just, uh, when you look at him as a starter, he looks like a starter, all right. A true point guard. He's also obviously a fairly big point guard as well. Um, guy looks like he's going to have a really nice career in the NBA. And, of course, Chauncey Billups isn't going to play forever, despite, I think, Chauncey Billups, and I'm going to say it on the air right now. Some of you will just say, oh, oh, well, I agree with that. And some of you will say, no, <laughs> Chauncey Billups is the best point guard in the NBA. Yep, he's better than Chris Paul and Darren Williams. Chauncey Billups is the best point guard in the NBA. There, I said it. <laughs> Ty Lawson is going to be uh, pretty good as well in the backup. He's he's backup role right now, but future starter. And another guy who had to play the backup role <laughs> for Chris Paul, for, yes, the aforementioned Chris Paul, 
That guy being Darren Collison. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, Darren Collison. But, of course, Chris Paul hurt earlier this year. Has missed several weeks. And this son of a gun, I'm telling you, 21st overall pick to the New Orleans Hornets. They brought him in to only be a backup. Yeah, they brought him in to be a backup for Chris Paul, just in case, you know, there was an injury. And, of course, it's nice to have a nice young backup point guard. They thought that's pretty much... He'd be a really good backup point guard, but backup, and maybe see what happens. Maybe he's an asset and you trade him. Oh, he's an asset, all right. And some people would go as far as to say this guy should be, uh, this guy should be kept as a starting point guard and look at using Chris Paul as an asset because you could get an awful lot in return because obviously Chris Paul already has his NBA contract as well and you got to match salaries and he's a super talented player. Um, maybe you do explore that because the New Orleans Hornets haven't lost a step. They really haven't. They're still about a 500 team, which is funny. They're still about a 500 team like they were when Chris Paul was uh, still playing. Darren Collison has now started 30 games for the New Orleans Hornets, and he is playing almost 40 minutes a game. Yes, he has a little Russell Westbrook syndrome in terms of he turns the ball over, but no, again, he is like a Russell Westbrook because he gets an insane amount of assists. Insane. He had a 20-assist game last week. He's had multiple 16-assist games, 12-assist games, 14-assist games. Johnny Flynn's season high for assists? Eight. What? Yeah, that's right. Eight assists so far is Johnny Flynn's high. Darren Collison exceeded that pretty much in his first start. And he's averaging nine assists a game as a starter and about 18.5 points. He's shooting almost 48%, and he's shooting over, he's shooting about 41% from three-point range, and again, another 85% free-throw shooter. I mean, boy, are these point guards good at the free-throw line, and it's nice to have that, because, you know, sometimes they're not that good. <sighs> Darren Collison certainly has exceeded a lot of people's expectations, though, in the draft, because, you know, they saw him going in the late 20s. The Hornets saw something in him enough to take him 21st, and what a great draft pick it was. Darren Collison is a future star in this league. I'd been wanting to talk about him the last three shows. This was the show I could do it because I was going to get into Johnny Flynn versus the other point cards. I noticed I'm talking higher about this guy than all of them because I I love him. I love him. Yeah, he turns the ball over. But, you know, obviously he's he's a rookie. And he's getting 12, 13, 14 copyright Dan Cole. <laughs> That's an inside joke to KFAN. Um, tw- he's had a 20-assist game already, folks. 18-assist games. 16 assists. That's insane. And yes, it's a more open offense in New Orleans, and I am dying to know how good Johnny Flynn could be in a more off, open offense in New Orleans. But here's the joke of the matter. You got Kevin Love. You have Al Jefferson. You have Wayne Ellington hitting threes. You have Brewer who can slash. Is that uh, supporting cast any really that much worse than uh, the New Orleans Hornets with David West? Now, no, the Thornton is doing really good, that rookie. He's a, boy, the Hornets had a nice draft this year. Good golly, did they have a good draft. GM of the year right there, at least based on the draft. New Orleans Hornets win. They they win because Darren Collison and, and that, was it Michael Thornton? I don't think people saw things being that good. I don't think people saw things being this unbelievable. Oh, and by the way, Darren Collison, since the All-Star break, is averaging over 10 assists a game. It's unbelievable. It, it really is. And also another thing about Johnny Flynn versus Darren Collison. A lot of people like to say, well, well, th- this is one complaint I got from somebody I know. Oh, Johnny Flynn's too small. He's six foot and like 180. Darren Collison's six foot and 160. So Johnny Flynn is not too small because look, if Darren Collison's doing this, Johnny Flynn can too. Johnny Flynn's actually a little bit bulkier than Darren Collison. And I, he's actually arguably more athletic. Yeah, he actually is more athletic. Darren Collison, though, what a nice point guard he has becoming, and uh, I'm impressed. And I'm just, it's just, you know, you, I am dying to know if the offense has destroyed Flynn this much, at least to this point, or if Johnny Flynn, just for whatever reason, is some something's just a, some type of mental block going on. I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's weird. And we, yes, we did see what happened to Gary Payton when he went to the LA Lakers into the triangle system. He was aging at the time, but at the same, but at the same time, he went from that, uh, borderline MVP candidate to 
a guy who was barely good enough to start. I mean, it was strange. It, it was strange, and that's what Johnny Flynn is right now, barely good enough to start. And a lot of people would argue Ramon Sessions should be starting for the Timberwolves, and I will say I'm neutral. I'm, I'm neutral. <laughs> and that really hurts for me to say. Well, we still have a lot to get to. Got that off my chest. I've been wanting to talk about that for a couple weeks now. <laughs> There's still a lot to get to, yeah. I'll hurry. I'm sorry, guys. It's just, uh, well, I, I hope you're enjoying it. First, though, yep, on the Wolves Explosion show, the Wolves, ex- the, excuse me, Timberwolves Explosion group on Facebook. Again, remember, please join it. I'd appreciate it very much. Nigel, nice enough to comment, he uh, said, Joey, love the recent podcast. I hear your pain as we move back into the end of the season. I think this team has given up, especially if today's game against the Spurs is anything to go by. I'm with you on draft options, that being Turner. Yep, I'd be happy with Turner. I think it's time to play Ellington as a starter. There's nothing to lose. I also think it's time to bring Love back in to start. I agree very much on everything you said right there. I do. Ellington should, well, maybe not start, but, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he could start, maybe move Gomes to the bench and Brewer over to shooting guard. Ellington is playing way too good to not be uh, getting major minutes right now. He just is. And, uh... If there's anything positive on this roster, these guys need to play. There's a little debate on Kevin Love, if it's his place really to complain about starting or not, and why Buddha gets into that. We'll get to that again very shortly. Um, I'll give my opinions in a minute. Because, <laughs> it's yeah, this gets brought up a couple times. But, no, thank you again, Nigel, for that. Uh, that's, of course, Aussie Wolf yet again. Um, yeah, that last show, episode 53, was a pretty emotional one, and I hope you guys also listen to it as well. I definitely appreciate the thoughts there on that, Nigel. He also mentions that he couldn't contain it anymore. He He's had his wolf rant at TSS, and he's interested in my views, and we'll get to that in a second because uh, that's the next deal. I remember the sportsstuff.com message boards. I kind of ranted a little bit about Kevin Love. I'll say in the offense is confusing. <laughs> Get to that in a sec as well. Actually, I'll do that right now. Yeah, I better actually do that first. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself a little bit. Kevin Lev's comment is, now this was also, uh, he also had to guard Carmelo Anthony on defense as well. He's wondering what the heck Kurt Rambis is doing. His comment is, this offense has been easy to run, but hard to figure out. My shooting percentage is down the past 10 games. Because I don't know when I'm going to get the ball. And he said that earnestly. (laughs) Rambus is into precision, but I don't feel like we know 100% what we need to do out there. There's some confusion, and that's kind of on us. And kind of on them. Kind of on them. Holy crap, Batman! That's the controversial part of the entire quote. Where he's saying, hey, you know what? It's, It's kind of their fault. It's kind of their fault. Ooh, interesting. And I and yeah, that sometimes people do need to take some type of professional uh, responsibility, like the coaches do need to do that. But it's, when your players doing that, it's kind of interesting. Um, I also mentioned how Ramis has signed Kevin Love to guard Carmelo Anthony, the league's third leading scorer. Kevin Love's response was, "Are you sure?" <laughs> That's what he said. He just, "Are you sure?" Al Jefferson weighs in on that. I love Kevin Love, but I don't think he can guard Mello one-on-one. So, yeah, some players questioning the coaching staff a little bit. Uh-oh, yeah. They're questioning the coaching staff a little bit. And this is year one for Kurt Rambis, and they're already kind of questioning him. Scary. I know some people might think that's innocent, but still interesting, man. That's very interesting. Darko Milicic's quote, say, I'm going to get to this really quick right now because this is also part of the TSS stuff. Uh this is, of course, when he wanted to go back to the, uh, still wants to go back to Europe despite the fact he was traded to the Wolves from the Knicks and he's getting to play now. His comment is, when I look back now, this isn't how my career was supposed to look. Being a defensive guy, all this time not playing, that's how I saw my career. Or that's not how I saw my career. That's not how I enjoy playing. That's why I've decided to take a shot and go back to Europe. I'm 24, I'm still young, so I can be happy overseas. Milicic also said that he was lied to earlier in his career. See, this is the part I agree with, actually. The top, the part on top bugs me a little bit. Doesn't want to be a defensive guy. 
didn't see how it's yeah whatever that kind of frustrates me and fine just go back to europe darko but no this is the part i actually agree with him a little bit partially agree with him his comment is everybody said this is how it goes in the nba you've got to watch first you've got to learn <laughs> it's all bull i didn't learn anything by watching there is no practice in the world even close to game situations that's where i agree <laughs> They're trying to keep you happy, trying to keep you thinking. Your time is around the corner, but it's a lie. You can't keep everybody happy. But I was in the flow and listened to them, and now it's too late. So, uh, yeah, I partially do agree with that. Uh, sometimes just sitting is the bull. <laughs> Though other players do learn, and some players don't. Milicic apparently did not have really a learner's attitude. That's apparently what it all boils down to, and that's unfortunate for uh, the Detroit Pistons and uh, who used that number two pick on him over Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade. So that's it right there. Just going to continue here before this gets too much longer. Got to move on. I was mentioned, yeah, I mentioned about how I was pissed off about uh, Darko leaving, or Darko saying he wants to leave, love questioning the coaches. And, of course, I already talked about the uh, the, uh Johnny Flynn deal with Collison and Jennings and all that. Ossie Wolves responds with, I wonder how any of the other point guards would be doing in Rambus's system. I feel for a while that Flynn is probably being held back in the triangle rather than playing a more natural style. As for Darko, if his heart is in Europe, then he's better off (laughs) there than than wasting time in the NBA. I think it's time for Ellington to get some starter time and also bring Love back into the starter slot. He's pissed at coming off the bench, and I agree with him. He's a long-term keeper in this team, not Big Al in my view. Again, I'm kind of neutral. I guess I'll just start at the very bottom there. I'm kind of neutral on that right there. Kevin Love versus Al Jefferson. Uh, I'd say Al has a better attitude of the two. I'll say that right now. Al is more honest, kind of more humble, I guess you could say, than Kevin Love at times. Kevin Love tends to tweet too much. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a little shot at what he did earlier last year, like, well, late last season, or at the end of the year last year. Um, he's not been tweeting on Twitter, but he still tweets, if you know what I mean. Darko, well, I'm kind of at the whatever part with Darko Milicic. I'm kind of going bottom up here on this quote, <laughs> on this uh, post. Darko, I'm kind of like, whatever, just go back to Europe then, you know. I don't even want him to play anymore. I'm just at that point. Marcus the Forecaster agrees as well. I wish I recorded that conversation, put it on a show at some point, but I didn't. <laughs> it's my own fault. Yep, and I do wonder how the other point guards also would do in Rambus' system. That is the million-dollar question. How would they do? How would they do? <sighs> I'm going to go on a limb and say that the point guard that would play the best in the system would probably be... Ty Lawson. Ty Lawson because he has the best shot. Um, Stephen Curry has a wonderful shot, but he's more uh, overall explosive, just kind of shoot, shoot, shoot all the time. Uh, I'm going out on a limb right now. I'm going to say Ty Lawson would probably be the best in the triangle. Because, yes, he gets assists, but he doesn't depend on it as much as some of the other guys. Darren Collison would maybe probably suffer, especially in the assist category in the triangle. Um that's where I'm leaning right now. I think Ty Lawson, if I had to redo the draft a little bit, maybe Ty Lawson, not with a six overall pick, but uh, don't do that trade and keep Ty Lawson with that 18th pick. Uh, don't work out a trade. Actually strategize a little different in the draft, but whatever. It's the past. Uh, in hindsight, yeah, Ty Lawson would probably be the best fit, in my opinion. Maybe Brandon Jennings, but his jump shot is, is, is uh, right now I think it's too porous. And he more depends on uh, slashing to the basket, really. So we'll continue. <laughs> Hopefully very quickly I responded. And now it's off to NY Buddha's comment. couple of things. Jay Flynn, or Johnny Flynn, as his former coach, the triangle is killing his game. He's not a spot shooter. He's a he's a New York point guard, which means attacking hard-nosed, gritty, gritty defense. With lots of flair. He loves to run. The system is not for him. And it won't be for Rubio either. That's a gigantic, gigantic concern right there. And uh, I agree, I tend to agree. It's, uh, yeah. Would it be for Rubio any more than Flynn? Probably not. Rubio's not a jump shooter. 
Uh, Rubio depends on uh, getting tons of assists and uh, being more flashy. Now, let's just say Magic Johnson in the triangle probably wouldn't be the best mix either. You know, no, it just wouldn't. You know, you got to have you know the flashy style doesn't seem to work in the triangle. It's more of it's literally a system. It's, it's a system. It's like an assembly line almost. <laughs> it almost is. Um, love for all his game and fanfare has yet to produce consistently. Tell him to shut the bleep up or sit down and shut the bleep up. Basically, is what. And my Buddha says, I think Love's a little better than some people might think, but at the same time, yeah, he is tweeting too much. <laughs> He's chirping a little too much for me as well. Rambus is a fir- he continues, Rambus is a first-year coach with a young team mis- mixed with a part run and gun, Flynn and Brewer, etc., and part half-cart Love handles. <laughs> He's calling Kevin Love fat, basically. And Al Ewok Jefferson... Yeah, it, it's a mess, and that's part of the reason why the team sucks, because, uh, yeah, I just said it. That's partially why the team sucks, and I'm sure you agree out there, most of you. <laughs> yeah, it's a mix. Part run and gun, part half card. It's like, so what? what is the Wolves' identity? And uh, run and gun is part of the system, part of it, because they want to play the fast break. So fast break's a little bit more, I think it's better than just run and gun. That's kind of the Dallas Mavericks style, or Sun style, whatever. And, uh, no, when you're kind of half of one thing and half of another, the chemistry is going to be an issue. And uh, I guess that's part of the growing period, and that's partially why. Patience sucks. It really does. Yeah. That's pretty much it. My God, this show has gotten long, and I apologize again for those of you out there that might not prefer that. There is just too much to get to today, just too much. He also mentions that at least we're in Minnesota, and at least uh, Spotlight won't be honest for everything, like it will be in New York. So here's Aussie Wolves' rant. Buddha's 100% correct about Flynn. I seriously think any rookie point guard would struggle right now in this system under this way to losses. <laughs> Looking at the game to get against the Kings, everything has gone pear-shaped. Brewer and Flynn's minutes are down. Hollins should not be a star, and Darko did not play at all. Sessions plays longer than Flynn, <laughs> but it's not really that much better. The only upside was Ellington getting more than 30 minutes and playing quite well. Absolutely. Mm. he's saying also he also goes into how the starting lineup the current starting roster is not working I agree <laughs> I agree it's not working especially with Hollins uh, he wants to play Flynn, Ellington, Brewer Love and Big Al all together that'd be kind of a good idea and he says he'd only play Al to showcase his skills to trade him he would prefer greater freedom for Flynn to attack <laughs> starting the roster to include Gomes, Wilkins, Milicic and Sessions with Hollins only if necessary these last three weeks should be about giving the starters the best chance to really showcase what they can do in a more open system with maximum minutes, i.e. sessions no more than 15 minutes. That's an interesting thought. Um, doesn't know what Rambus is thinking, and does Rambus know? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, hey, it's very interesting indeed. It's, uh, what, yeah, it's, you know, I'm kind of speechless when I think about that as well. It's, uh, It's just kind of pointing in too many different directions right now, and it's very frustrating indeed. So I, I hear you, Aussie, again. <laughs> Mavs fan comment is he wants me to switch just just switch my allegiance to Milwaukee because at least they're not as bad. <laughs> and he's saying also, oh, each player seems to be doing their own thing out on the floor that they're out of sync. Yeah, they are. The Wolves are out of sync. There's just no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Then I make a long response. And finally, we get to Rusty for the sake of time. We, that's obviously the last part right here. I can't even begin to tell you guys how much better off you are without Darko Milicic. I'll just say, he said him, but I mean, yeah, that's because he was responding to me. His overinflated sense of self-worth is like almost nothing I've ever seen before. He doesn't deserve to play in the NBA, and I'd classify him as an insult to the league. He needs to bleep off to the North Pole's equivalent of the CBA Lest I fly to Minnesota and kneecap him where he stands. Oh, I love you, Rusty. Awesome. Just love him. And, uh, yeah, Rusty made a nice opinionated. Of course, he's the host of uh, the crossover, which is the New York Knicks and New Jersey Nets show. He covers the Nets. He made a comment on on that awesome show, which is available on the sportsstuff.com and iTunes, uh, how he said he hated uh, Darko when he was whining about leaving the NBA and stuff back when they were in New York. It was really cool the way Rusty went, because I've never heard Rusty get uh, so upset about a player. <laughs> it was really cool. Um, yeah, just a <laughs> very cool 
line by Rusty yet again. Not a fan of Darko, and you know what? I'm not either, after what I read. Okay. I was going to get to that part, this part where uh, Kurt Rambis talks about certain players are playing playing with their all, and certain players, certain players are, and he named them. Uh, I'm going to abbreviate that majorly right now. Just I'm just going to name the players really quick, and that's it. I'm not going to really get into as much as I was going to. The players are Damien Wilkins, Ramon Sessions, Ryan Gomes, and Wayne Ellington as the players who fought and swung all night long. That's about the the uh, Kings. He also said how Jefferson Parsh, uh, mostly did, but not all the time. And, of course, how Jefferson also made the comment about uh, being inconsistent. So, again, Jefferson kind of being accountable for himself. Notice Kevin Love and Johnny Flynn not a part of that list. He mentioned Ramon Sessions, but not Johnny Flynn. Hmm. Well, <laughs> the plot thickens, folks. That's all i got to say. I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please do call into the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. Would appreciate it very much. Also, please join the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. There's a button in the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. Do click on that, and then click the register button, and you'll be a part of things. You can post on those NBA boards in that Timberwolves section. It's getting more and more active, folks. Join it. Join the conversation. Rant. Uh, I guess give us your reason why we should be optimistic. We're trying to be, but, hey, me and Nigel are trying to be very optimistic. It's uh, getting to a point where it's hard to be right now. And I know I rant a little too much sometimes for some of your liking, but that's just how it goes sometimes. I'm not trying to grandstand, that's just how it goes. Oh, and again, very, very long show. There was so much to get to, it's not even funny. I mean, it's easy to do the show because of the, uh, the explosion of information, pardon the pun, but uh, it's a little long because of that. And that was even with abbreviated game reviews, very abbreviated game reviews. I had a lot on my chest, a lot on my plate today, and I wanted to get it out to you listeners because there's just there's too much to talk about right now with this team. So next week we'll uh, see what more stuff <laughs> there is to talk about. I'm sure there'll be more blips out there, and we'll probably get a little more into the draft again. So uh, appreciate it very much. Please do call in or join the message boards or do both. We'd appreciate it very much. So until next week, we're going to sign off. Do take care. <laughs>